Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. Today, I'm excited because we're going to catch up with a past guest, and I love talking to this guest. She always gives me some great insight. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss Annalise Seaborn. Welcome, my friend. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back, Tanya. Hi, everybody. <laughs> As well, I'm so happy you accepted my invitation to come back. We had, a, I think we had a great conversation last time, and, you know, yes. we talked about waking your dream and, and you know, what does that look like? But, you know, yeah. before we really dive into it, can you like um, give a refresher of who you are um, and what you do? And then we can dive more into the update, like what's been going on since the last time we've talked. So good. Yes. So I am Annalise Seaborn. Um, I am a certified life coach and I specifically do life design coaching. So I love to help my clients design a life they love. Um, that's what I help women do is kind of ditch the hustle, ditch the anxiety, um, ditch feeling like you're on a hamster wheel and just trade that in for restful productivity. So that's just something too, that I've been stepping more into in my own life for the last couple of years. And it has been so transformative. It's transforming the lives of my clients too. Um, you just get to live in something you didn't think was possible before, just because you're tweaking a couple ways of thinking and a couple of things that you're doing. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I, you know what, you already piqued my interest because sort of like <laughs> you said, restful, restful productivity. Yes. And so we're going to dive a little bit more into that, but tell a little bit about, you know, we, it's been a little while since we've talked. Yeah. So what's been going on with you, Miss Annalise catches up and let us know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like a lot, like, um, I do a kind of a challenge, uh, with a group of people over here too, over here in Holland, Michigan, um, of doing a word of the year. So I feel like sometimes that's like kind of an interesting grounding thing throughout the year. Like I don't have anything else that I revisit like that. So my word for this year is honesty. That's been a very interesting one because I don't think that we realize on a regular basis how much we're telling little white lies to ourselves. Keep it classy, Tanya. Keep it classy. <laughs> I, point. I don't waver. <laughs> That's so good. So yeah, I like I said uh, you're all, our conversations are always enlightening. And like I said, if you have not, yeah. and I'm referring to the audience, if mm -hmm. if you have not checked out Annalise's last uh, podcast, we're going to put it down in the description. So please awesome. make sure you check that out because she she had some good gems because we talked about wakening your um your dream and stuff like that. Yeah. But you again, you piqued my interest when you talked about restful restful productivity yeah. some people were right like Annalise like, what are you talking about doubt that yeah it sounds like opposites so <laughs> yes. I don't think that's so. what I said it's yeah. like a paradox what do you mm -hmm. mean by a restful productivity can, can you enlighten us on that yes yes so talking about words kind of keeping it in that theme because this is how it started to make sense to me that like what I was thinking about productivity wasn't completely accurate. We're going to be talking to Miss Annie Hardock, who's going to explain to us how you can get your own network started because she did with her entrepreneur side. But I don't want to share her story. I'm going to welcome Miss Annie to the show. So welcome, Miss Annie. Thank you, Tanya. I love your energy and thank you for the opportunity to invite me for an interview today to talk to your audience. <laughs> Oh, it's a pleasure. Like I said, we had a great conversation and you are a fellow networker like I am. So, um, you know, before we really dive into how you created your own network, 
please um, tell a little bit about who you are, what you do, and you know how have you been dealing with the reopening of this whole pandemic after the whole pandemic? Let us know what you, what's going on with you, Miss Annie. Wow, there's a few questions in there. <laughs> the floor is yours, my friend. The floor is yours. Just love to let everyone know that I'm actually an educator and entrepreneur and a networker. And I've been, uh, I was born and raised actually in uh, Hong Kong uh, back in the 60s, early 60s. I, I just need to tell everyone that I'm turning 60 later this year because it affects the experience, like what I'm going to tell people. Right. That's uh, that's why I, I uh, want people to know about what when I was born and that information. But that's what brought me out, like uh, because of my childhood experience uh, being born and raised in um, Hong Kong in a family of nine children with nine children. <laughs> I was the youngest and I knew back then that, you know, education is my way out, like to out of um, uh, uh, poverty like uh, because I wasn't born in a rich family right but my my dad worked really hard and he was an entrepreneur and that's how I got that <laughs> entrepreneur spirit so when I came to Canada actually in 1980 for higher education and I that's my goal like I I was really clear about that I I need the education to get myself ahead in life and it is lifelong learning that's what uh, inspire me every single day to get up, wake up, and get going. Right? There's something always curious. That's what a learner, lifelong learner, is always curious. There's more to in life, right, to learn. So tell us a little bit more about how you, you know, how did you, you know, set up this whole thing as like I gotta find my tribe. How was that, especially like back in 1996? How, I mean, how how did that mindset come about? Like I gotta find my peoples. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I, it, it was um, through a, a racial comment he said to me <laughs> in my first meeting, trying to, you know, uh, connect with people, right? There were only seven, uh, like, business people in the council <laughs> when it was said and no one said anything. And then I just said, how come no one responded? And then I just thought, well, because everyone is in business, everyone mindful of uh, you know what they say because it's a small town it's a small market that's that's what it is it's such a small market and you just want to take a little percent of it and in a small town that's what it is it's words of mouth and then also it's the relationship right so you know in politics in Canada everyone just by voting right it's not about your education it's about how well you're connected because in a small town all that that council needed was 500 votes because back then I checked how many <laughs> did, did someone get into such a power that like you know um, and it was just 500 votes. I just thought, well, if you have enough friends, family, and <laughs> you're, it's like you can't get that much. The numbers game, which leads to you to the math. That's what I just thought. Oh my god. It's not how much I got my education in mathematics and I did work for the uh, big, like one of those uh, top uh, financial like bank <laughs> industry. And I, I built my own like, like, you know, system because I was technical, right? Like building for uh, different uh, financial uh, firms. So, so it wasn't the education to get you. <laughs> so that's when I decided that yes, I need to 
to connect with people and get people to know me. Because uh, even when I first tried to promote my business, which is an internet-based online business, they, because uh, in a small town, they just thought, why do they need you? They know everyone, <laughs> except me. <laughs> I didn't know anyone. <laughs> they were wondering, like when I put a, like a little flyer poster, like, you know, and selling like this. And, and back then I also sell the internet access, right? And they say, what's your name? What's the name? I just said, well, I used to work in the corporate world. We don't put our name on the flyer about what we sell. So that's when I start learning about the personal relationship. So instead of transactional, it becomes personal. I'd like to welcome Mr. Bernard Gleaton to the show. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Okay, we can get this thing started. I know, you know, I love podcasting. I love, you know, all the journeys that has brought me here. So I'm excited to have you on and let's talk about how you started your podcast and stuff like that and maybe give some people advice on how maybe they can get started in theirs. But before we really dive into that, I want you to tell a little bit about who you are and what you do and, you know, how you've been dealing okay. with this whole gas and COVID and everything else. So the floor is yours, sir. Go ahead. Tell a little bit about who you are. <laughs> all right. All right. So let me let me start by saying that my background has uh, started in sports. Uh, I've been playing sports all my life, had uh, played a, a short stint of Canadian Football League uh, in Canada for a little bit and then came back home, uh, tore my knee, had to figure out what I'm going to do after that point. And then once I've done that, um, I've realized that the IT field will be awesome, mainly because in my football career, I had to be super analytical and IT field was super analytical. So I could just put those skills to work and keep that moving, right? So I've been uh, in the IT field for about, about a dozen years now. And uh, about, I don't know, actually about two or three years ago, about right before the pandemic, I said, man, I really want to do something else. I feel this creative itch. I really want to do something creative. And I've been listening to podcasts for, I don't know, maybe five years prior to. And I said, you know what? I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but I had started a IT business and the whole purpose of me starting a podcast was for me to get more clients and customers into my IT business. And so I started my podcast and it wasn't going to be a technical podcast. It was going to be a business podcast because my customers or the customers I wanted to get was going to be small businesses and medium businesses and maybe even a few bigger businesses, right? Had some uh, experience dealing with government contracts and things of that nature. That's definitely, that's why I love having the stories like you come on and, and share your, your story because I, I like to encourage people that, you know, there's nothing that can hold you back. I mean, all it is is basically trial and error, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, listen, this is like being a scientist, right? Like you're just throwing a bunch of stuff on the wall and you're just hoping that it sticks. And if it sticks, awesome. You just, you know, tweak it a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? And if it doesn't stick, well, you just go back to the drawing board, you know? And I think that's 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 one of the best lessons I've learned from football. You know what I'm saying? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll try something else. You know what I mean? And it, it really got that it got a lot of that fear out of my system. You know what I mean? So yeah, either go hard or go home. 
I'm, I'm glad you brought up the fear because that was like the next question I have. What would your advice be to somebody who's afraid to even get started? All right. So I had, I had this, this guy on my show and he, he phrased it this way as, uh, um, what was it called? It, it was pretty much just, just negative self-talk, right? Um, the, the if, the won'ts, uh, all that type of stuff, right? Why do anybody want to listen to me? Or why should people listen to me? I, do I have anything valuable to, to offer and all that type of stuff, right? One of the things that, again, something else I learned from football is you square up that problem and you go head on. It doesn't matter if you win that fight or if you lose that fight or if it's a stalemate. You still put, you still went, you know, balls to the wall and just went full force into it, right? So what I tell people when it comes to fear, do it. Don't do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. Because the sooner you sit or the, the more you sit and you consider this idea, the more you're allowing fear to creep in, right? So as soon as you get that idea, just do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. You need to be instinctive and react. We're going to talk to Miss Carol Boyer, and, and she's going to share a little bit about her story into her entrepreneurial journey and how it's benefited for her for a number of years. I'm not going to give away the secret. So first of all, I want to welcome Miss Carol to the show. Welcome, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Tanya. I've been looking forward to this ever since I met you a few months ago through a networking group that we both belong to. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I want to say, first of all, thank you for um, accepting my invitation to come on as a guest. You have a very interesting story. Um, like I said, we, we connected in a networking group and I love your story. I love how you can maybe inspire somebody who, who's thinking maybe this, you know, starting my own business not might not be for me. So I don't want to tell my story. I want you to introduce who you are and what you do. Tell a little bit about how um, this came to be and Maybe we can start with how has the pandemic shifted your mindset with doing business? So the floor is yours, my friend. Welcome to the show. Okay, well, let's start with uh, 42 years ago. Um, I was introduced to Jaffer Cosmetics International um, when I was pregnant with our second daughter. She is now 43 years old. And uh, I was looking for someone that would help drive. We only had one car at the time. Um, and now that my husband and I are both retired, we only are going to need one car in the near future because we both don't need two cars. But right now we do. But at the time, 42, 43 years ago, 40, almost 44 years ago, I was looking for somebody to help drive the older daughter to preschool classes. And the teacher suggested I connect with this one lady. And she says, I'm having a cosmetic party and maybe the girls can play together and they'll get to know each other. I said, great. So I go to her home, which was an apartment in Greenbelt, Maryland. And the, the consultant was full-time dental hygienist. And her name was Diane. And everything changed from then on. I always had trouble with my skin. I um, had teenage blemish and acne way into my 20s. And here I am, almost, I'm almost 30 years old, and still having those issues and when I was pregnant with the first child it really got weird because of all the hormone changes so I went to this party loved the products 
thought that the royal jelly that I used for the very first time, which was the core product of the company. I want to touch a little bit on, on you know, those who maybe think that, you know, there's a couple of things about uh, direct selling that people have a negative mindset. Um, could you talk about how you switched your mindset about the, um, because you, I know you worked, a, did you say you worked a full-time job and you did this part-time? So yes. creating a, an additional source of income is really key here. And especially during, you know, the times that we had to deal with. So how, how would you dispel or maybe some negativity towards um, direct sales that maybe people have? I think a lot of people feel that they don't want to, um, exhaust their friends and family. And I tell people, I said, yes, you do start with friends and family, but you want them to introduce you to their friends and family. And the best way to grow your business is to not depend on your friends and family because you're going to meet people that are not, because you don't want them to feel beholding to you. And as soon as you work your way out of friends and family, you're going to have smooth coasting. Some of my, my best Jaffa partners that have been with us for 30 and 40 years. We have people that are still on my team that have, one of them is had her account before I did. And unfortunately her manager decided not to be a manager anymore. So Jaffa moved her into my team, but she's 82 years old and she has been on Jaffa Consultant for a little more than 43 years. She has eight children and I remember her so well because she's in my team now. And she used to say, I have eight children. My name is blah, 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 you know, and she does. She has eight children. And now her granddaughter is one of our consultants. And one of the people I met, I'm doing a little divergence. I met when I was being introduced to Jaffa and trying to make my decision as to whether I wanted to do this or not. She passed away, unfortunately. Her daughter is now part of our team. going to reconnect with a good friend of mine, Mr. Eric F. King, and we're going to dive more about home-based businesses and why it's important to have some kind of additional stream of income. Um, but again, I always allow my guests to best explain who they are, so I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Mr. Eric. Welcome to the call, sir. It's welcome to see you. Great to see you again. And I want you to please um, introduce, reintroduce yourself to the audience and tell a little bit about how you're dealing with this whole reopening of after the COVID experience and how you, what let maybe a lesson you've learned from the shutdown. So the floor okay. is yours there, sir. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I will say um, just to right off the bat, a great lesson about the whole shutdown is you got to be prepared. Okay, <laughs> you always have to be prepared for, you know, anything. So my background is I have a background as an attorney. I was practicing law for several years. And then um, I got involved with home based business because I was actually laid off of my job. And I didn't have any income. So even though I was looking for another job, I realized that I, I should have created some kind of extra income or passive income, where you know, I don't have to rely solely on one source of income. Okay, that's how I started um, my journey. So I started a network marketing, uh, building a network marketing business, and then I got into affiliate marketing and then, you know, online businesses. And, and that's basically how it all started for me. And, and now, you know, I teach people to do the same because, again, um, you know, anything can happen. It, it, pandemic, uh, recessions, I mean, we, we see it all the time. Every 10 years, something's going to happen, and, and we should all be prepared for that. Yeah, and 
you know, we talked about the difference between having a one and come up. It was in our first video. So um, again, I'm going to do a plug. Make sure you check out her first video because he brought the intro on it. And when you talk about the importance of having not just the one table leg, but the, the multiple table legs. So can you expand upon that before we dive more in? Sure. I, so I talk about the difference between a one-legged stool and a Parthenon. Now, everybody knows what a one-legged stool is. You know, it's a stool with one leg, right? A Parthenon is, is uh, an example of a Parthenon is like the, the Supreme Court building. If you Google the Supreme Court building, that's a Parthenon. Even the White House is a Parthenon because it has a lot of pillars to it. And those structures, you know, they, they started in Greece, and they're so strong that even if you knock down a couple of those pillars, it will still stand strong. Okay, so that is my analogy. Um, when you when you have one stream of income, it doesn't matter how good the job is. It doesn't matter what company is for. I mean, we we saw during the last recession, companies that were around for a hundred years went out of business, right? So so when you have one stream of income, what happens is if you lose that income, then you are devastated, right? You're devastated. You have nothing. Now you have to start with zero. But if you have multiple streams then even if you lose one, you still have some income coming in. So you're not, uh, you don't feel as bad. And now you can still obviously go out to look for more, but at least you have something coming in, especially if you built some passive income streams. We're going to be talking to Mr. Jim Schulman, who's going to be actually maybe uh, helping me or those, uh, uh, you know, new entrepreneurs who start flying and not figuring out where 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 we're going to land the planes. So today we're going to figure out maybe maybe coming up with a vision. So <laughs> I'd like to welcome Mr. Jim to the show. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much for inviting me, Tonya. It's a pleasure to speak with you. It's a pleasure to talk to you as well, sir. You, I love your personality, and you were um, a delight to talk to in the middle when we we had our our one on one get to know conversation. So I thought our you had great energy and a lot of great knowledge that I thought would be really beneficial for people who are like me, <laughs> who start businesses and really don't really figure out where we're going to land a plane. So welcome, sir. Thank you. It's wonderful to be able to talk about this. It's a topic near and dear to my heart. I have coached successful entrepreneurs since 2000 and have seen entrepreneurship and all of its variations successful kind of successful and yet to be successful <laughs> well thank you sir you know uh, it's a great way to like segue into what we're talking about but really i want to know a little bit about who you are and really what are some of the big lessons that you learned from 2020 and you know because the world got shook up a little bit so what has helped from you that you've taken away from you know what you've learned since you know covid the biggest thing that I have seen and the most important thing, at least in my business, but I should preface it by saying COVID was a horror. One in 500 Americans died from COVID and COVID-related disease. So I feel a bit skittish talking about benefits that came out of this without also mentioning that this is the worst possible way to find benefits. But with that said, um, the fact that stigma of video conversation is gone and that there was always a little bit of stigma of, well, you're not in front of me in city X or, you know, a real person, you know, who cared about me would be in my office or whatever. 
and nobody cares about that anymore. It got rid of, it broke that down. For instance, you and I would probably never in a million years have met one another were it not for virtual networking via Zoom or other video. So basically, you're just like, check your mindset before you even jump into it, <laughs> which sort of leads us back into the whole vision thing, you know, land of the planes, maybe, you know. Well, I'm going to use another analogy. I, I like your, I always liked your analogy. There was a, fame, a story, and I don't remember the exact uh, details of the campus, but in the 1960s, when state schools were really expanding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, they were going to put a new campus of a state school in a certain place. And they figured out where the buildings were and so forth. And the new president of the university had a genius idea. No sidewalks. The president waited a year to see where people wore out the path. And then they put in the sidewalks. Because as you know, when they have like a pretty college campus, they have all the beautifully laid out sidewalks. And then there are the dirt paths where people really walk. <laughs> so they waited to see where do people really walk and I look at the same thing worrying about vision and so on and so forth just freaking do it okay <laughs> figure it out when it's successful when you find out what you are doing and how you're doing it and what's working or not working you can take a step back and say this is what happened and this is why it became successful um, I'll give you an example. I know of a very successful religious congregation in Philadelphia. They are about 20 years old this year. It started with four or five people who said, wait a minute, there is a need in our neighborhood for this type of a congregation. And there was a religious holiday. So they had six people who got together in somebody's living room. And it just kept growing and growing. And they had their way of doing things and attracting more and more people. Now they have over 350 families in this congregation. They have a full schedule of activities and they're stopping and saying, we're now gonna have our first strategic plan because we did this, but where are we? What do we do next? It's gotten to the point when it does make sense to have a strategic plan. I want to welcome our first guest today, Ms. Judy K. Welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. We connected right away when we had a networking call because I always love when people talk about self-limiting beliefs and stuff like that. So without us really diving too much into that subject, I always like to um, allow people the opportunity to tell a little bit about who they are. You know, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are and, you know, how has, um, let's see, how has COVID, the reopening, really helped you or, or um, shape how you do business nowadays? So the floor is yours, my Miss Judy. All right, great. Well, yeah, I'm Judy Kane, and my business is called Aligned Consciousness. And I help people rewrite subconscious self-limiting beliefs. And a lot of times people don't understand what those beliefs do are um, you know how they're playing out in their lives but if um if you see things that are making you uncomfortable on a regular basis like some people feel stressed out when they think about writing checks or uh, some people are working really hard for their goals and it's just not happening even though they are putting all the energy and attention into it or maybe they're making just enough money but never more <laughs> or even physical symptoms of stress, 
or patterns of unhealthy relationships, all those things uh, can be caused by subconscious beliefs and you don't even know what they are. And right. they usually are mostly there by the time you're seven. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So Miss Judy, tell us a little bit about what you've been working on and, you know, maybe how you can help people moving forward as we go get ready to wrap up. Um, well, by the time this air, it'll be 2022. So <laughs> right? tell us like, what do you have working on? And then we're, you know, we could dive more into where people can find you and all that kind of stuff. So sure, what have you been working absolutely. on Miss Judy? So, well, the book came out since this is coming out. This since this will be aired in 2022. The book came out in November, <laughs> and the book is called Your Four Truths, and it's based on what I've seen with clients and myself and friends and other people that have shared stories with me about some of the main areas where people are impacted with their subconscious beliefs. Some of the broad areas that are really common. And the first one is about feeling safe. And it's not just physically safe. It could be financially safe or emotionally safe, but safety issues, right, that keep us from doing so much in our lives. It affects our choices and how well we think we're going to do once we make the choices. Um, and it can give us, you know, all these things I'm going to be talking about just add stress to our life, which is not healthy and not fun, right? I mean, who wants to be stressed out? So the, you know, the first area is about being safe. The second area is about feeling worthy. Um, and that's both, you know, thinking of yourself as having value and knowing that other people hold you in value. And the third area is knowing that you're lovable because, um, you know, if you know that you're lovable for yourself instead of uh, for the person that you're pretending to be because you think that's the only person that can be loved, I mean, there's a big difference there. And knowing that you're connected to something bigger than yourself, because isolation is, a, is not a good thing. We're going to be talking about video production today. And I have a great guest today who's going to be able to help us bring in 2022 with new thoughts and new ideas of how we can get our message out there. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Matthew Cohn. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for accepting my invitation to come and connect. It's a pleasure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, so I guess I'll go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Matthew Cohn. I'm the owner of Cohn's Graphics, a video production company. Um, I specialize in corporate interviews, behind the scenes, documentaries, uh, film footage. Uh, we're also going into um, the new year with a whole new um, interview series also. Um, since I, I love video production, um, I, I noticed one thing that when I was growing up, I always loved watching documentaries. Uh, and now that I have a, a chance to be a full-time creative and, and with a video production company, um, I noticed that's the stuff that I'm kind of um, geared towards as far as filming and shooting. Um, so I've been ramping up with um, just being able to bring a different creative side to that. So it's, it's been an amazing ride so far. Well, that's awesome. Uh, like I said, we connected um, through LinkedIn. I got uh, your, your connection and I saw your video. So we were going to dive a little bit into like how we can really use that into um, your business and stuff like that. But really, before we get into that, tell a little bit about your journey story to how you got into video production in the first place, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started my business 
Um, in the year of 2019, um, I have a graphic design uh, background. Um, went to Art Institute of Cincinnati for two years and then um, dropped out. But prior to that, I had um, always been into being creative, uh, took photography classes in high school. Um, and I also was in um, art class all throughout my whole school journey. Um, one, one thing I noticed is I kind of, I, not I kind of, I started my entrepreneurship journey in high school and didn't even realize it until a couple of years ago. I was selling art prints back in high school. I had an assistant, he was taking my orders um, and I would draw and I would take, he would take the payments and I would draw and dish out the orders and X, Y, Z. And I didn't even really realize that until a couple of years ago. I'm like, when somebody asked me how to, that entrepreneurship mindset, where did that come from? And I, and I felt like it's always been there. Um, so from there, after I dropped out of college, um, just had a financial industry background, uh, working at a bank and then working at a credit card processing company. Um, and that's when I started to understand the um, financial literacy part of running a business and just in life in general, just that financial literacy piece that um, I wasn't privy to growing up or being taught in high school or learning in college. Um, and, I, and I feel like that's brought me a, a long way uh, within my business. Value, valuable information, definitely. And like I said, I can't believe how fast 20 minutes can fly by. So, Mr. Matthews, what's the one thing you want to leave the audience with from if they don't hear, take anything away from your, your interview today? What's the one thing you, they, you want them to understand? Um, it's Monday, right? Um, and I've been working on, again, just rebranding my, my company and how I want to push out information. So I would say, um, I'm going to leave you with a quote, push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Um, that's my motivational piece for today. And that's what I would love to leave people with, because at the end of the day, um, if you're like me, you're in your mind more majority of the time than anybody else is. Um, and the only person that's stopping you from getting what you want and what you want to achieve is you. Right, right. Well, thank you. Mr. Matthew, where can people find more information about you, your business, and what you do? Absolutely. So you can find me uh, on my favorite, my new favorite thing is YouTube at Cones Graphics. It's C-O-N-E-S-G-R-A-P-H-I-X, Cones Graphics. I'm on Twitter. Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then my link to my website uh, will be on all of my social media platforms. And then if you have any um, questions and you want to reach directly out to me, my uh, business phone number is 404-445-4176. Uh, Text, I need a video to 404-445-4176. Well, thank you, Mr. Matthew. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insight with me. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We're going to connect with Ms. Lorena Grant, who's going to tell us about how she got into the business of doing her own books and how she helps other people do the thing. So before I dive more into the conversation, I want to welcome Ms. Lorena to the call. Welcome, my friend. Hello. Thank you. 
It's a pleasure it's to have you on. <laughs> Thank you for accepting my invitation. And I, I want, um, you know, the the best people who can tell about ourselves is ourselves, all right? So before we right. dive into the conversation, I want to turn it over to you. And I want you to tell a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, you know, maybe answer the question of how has the whole pandemic affect you and your business? So please tell a little bit about who you are, Ms. Lorena. Well, <laughs> um, I am a, um, I am a mom, I'm a wife, and um, I have, I've been a bookkeeper for a number of years. Um, I have a degree in accounting, and so um, I was, <laughs> when I started my business, I had been a bookkeeper a while, and I was actually homeschooling my kids at the time and was trying to make money for our family. You know, um, we were struggling and I was looking for opportunities to do that. And so I start, I actually started my own e-commerce store after uh, taking a hiatus from being a bookkeeper for a while. And um, while homeschooling, I decided to start an e-commerce store uh, and did that for about three years and realized that there was in trying to do the complexity of my own books, realized that there's got to be a need for other people who are doing the same business model, you know? Mm -hmm. What would you suggest to somebody? How do you determine whether you're on the right path for your passion? You know, how did you know that? I feel confident doing it, feel good about um, helping people. Um, I enjoy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know that's a lot of people that don't like to do it or, or don't feel comfortable doing it, don't even know what they're doing, you know, and, and I feel for those people because, you know, um, sometimes the softwares are not user-friendly and so you need help. And so it's to know it's to know when you need that help to look for help, you know? Right, right. Uh, rather than just stay stuck. Right, right. Um, and I, like I said, I, when we met, we met in the networking event and stuff like that. And you were very, very confident about what you do and stuff like that. So it's like, how, how has, you know, deciding to say, you know what, I'm going to do it my way has helped. And like I said, I just want to, you know, somebody who might come across your video, would be would be something that you would like to share with them when they want to say, I want to do something for myself. What would you, what would your advice be to them? Focus on your passion, what you're good at. And, um, you know, evaluate your strengths and at least head in that direction. You know, you might need to explore other avenues, but um at least start that you know start in that direction maybe even pray you know <laughs> right faith pray. does come in handy <laughs> it works right. we're going to be talking to the positivity dealer miss monique Amaling herself and before we really dive into the conversation because we're going to talk about why women should have their own money 
And um, so before we dive into that conversation, I want to welcome Miss Monique to the call. Welcome, my friend. Hi, Dee. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. It's a pleasure to have you here. You know, I said I always like to let the 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 audience know like how we connected and we were um in the networking group and i love your your um energy you do your live uh, entrepreneur um live tv stream and i'm just fascinated by your story so again i want to turn it over to you tell a little bit about who monique is and how have you been dealing with this whole reopening and 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 everything we've been going through these whole times, how you've been dealing with the chaos, I guess I would say. So okay, yeah, it was yours. chaos. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. So I'm a beautician from, uh, from uh, that's my trade for over 28 years. And I stopped in my beauty shops in 2018. I now say, okay, I felt winter coming, but I was uh, burned out. Uh, I didn't like it anymore. Uh, there were too many struggles and uh, a lot of money involved. And uh, so I was... Uh, uh, there was more. Uh, there were more payments to be uh, done uh, in the end than there was uh, left over. So at a, a certain time, I I, I struggled too much, um, and uh, I started um, um, going into network marketing in 2015. I really loved that uh, that kind of uh, community. Uh, as you can hear, I'm not an English-speaking native. I'm from Holland. Uh, I live in Belgium. But I, I really wanted to connect with people. And I love that in, in network marketing. But what I found at that moment was that um, building a team was not for me. And not because I was struggling and, uh, and that I said that is not for me. But I like to depend on myself, on my own efforts. So that is uh, really... A, a, how I started in, in beginning 2020, uh, discovering uh, how to, to, to connect with other people. And that is uh, how I started reaching out, uh, being the, the, um, the reporter to, to, to ask other women uh, how are, uh, about their life, about their goals, about their aspirations and so on. So that is a little bit uh, how I was connected to uh, Davia, Dr. Davia, and that is where I saw you. And uh, yeah, I like the way you talk, the way you, you were outgoing. And I thought I have to talk to her. So that is why I sent you a little message. And uh, that's how we connected. Monique, were you always the entrepreneur type or, or where did this passion for um, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs come from? And then let's dive into the money thing. Well, like I said, I, I, when I was 12, I already started creating earrings for my friends. I even had in my room, I had all my books. I have a lot of books here, but I had my little library and people could come into my library and pay 10 cents to read a book. So uh, uh, I always had that, but I uh, really becoming an entrepreneur, I'd always felt like a good thing, but I have made a lot of mistakes. And uh, like I said, Network marketing really changed my uh, my view on on things. Maybe not for me building the network marketing side, but all the rest, the the, the personal development and um, and 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 like I said, the relationships that is so important. The connections, uh, especially through the internet, that we can reach out to so many people. I have virtual coffee table talks with 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 friends that are in the states, and and we just speak an hour and and those relationships building that is so important. But what I learned through network marketing, for example, is that um, uh, 
if more women would earn uh, consistent money, I think this uh, world would be a, a different place because they often tend to say too uh, fast, this is not for me. Why is that not for you? Because you did not have the skills at that moment. Like I had that I didn't understood those 80 percenters. Uh, you need to learn the skills. If you want to earn money, you need to do stuff. And what stuff do you need to do? Though that takes skills. But I'm also convinced that if more women would have money, what happens when a woman has more money? What happens when a woman has more skills? She is going to teach those skills to her children, to her uh, environment, to her uh, community and so on. So she is going to lift up. That is the natural um, thing that we women do. So if we can um, 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 help women earn more money on a consistent basis, uh, not only she's going to have more money, but she's going to have more choices. She can make better choices for food, for her clothing, for schooling, for the children, for um, to, to eat only organic food or whatever, whatever, and or to, to give stuff. Uh, it, it doesn't only have to be for you. So that is, I think that if women, uh, what is, makes women different from men is that we are, we are givers, but not only, uh, we like to share what we have. And, and uh, uh, that way we also lift other people up. Thank everybody who tuned in and remind you that feedback is always welcome. Remember that links that Monique mentioned will be posted down in the description box. So please make sure you check out those juicy gems down below. If you enjoyed today's show, please make sure you hit that like button over there. And if you want to continue to get more of the insights that Monique and more others who will come on the show are sharing, please hit that subscribe button over there. And remember, remember, take things in stride, go with the flow and create your own path. And we will see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. All right, bye-bye.